This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What the hell is this? It's paperwork for the McKenzie deal. Type it up and get it up. No, that report was supposed to be disclosed during discovery. If you type up what I gave you, you'd know I'm disclosing it now. No, you're sticking it in there now as if it's always been there. It's called bluffing, okay? It's what I do. That's how I got the confession in the first place. It's called bullshit. It's what bullshitters do, and it's how innocent people sometimes end up in prison. Watch yourself. Excuse me? That toxicology report doesn't change the fact that those two assholes killed that woman. And you being an asshole to me doesn't change the fact that you are breaking the law. I'm not breaking the law. I put the goddamn thing in there. They can find it if they can think to look. Harvey, you are making a huge- That's enough! I'm here. You're here. Do your job. Suits season three, episode six is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about the other time, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino back here with the guy who always remembers to bring the whipped cream. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm happy. I woke up this morning and it felt like the whole world was hugging me. I lost nine ounces. My teeth whitening is working. And to top it all off, my sister broke her foot in three places. Rob, <laughs> yep. it's a good day. It's a good day. It's a great day. It's a great day. Until you see the sign when you open the elevator. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's just talk about it. We The elevator opens and we see that the new name of this firm is uh, Pearson Darby Spectre. Uh, he did it, Rob. He he yeah. pulled it off. Jessica, I guess because that she's had to change it so many times that she's got that <laughs> sign guy just on lock that he's ready yeah, to he's go. He's on retainer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't actually leave. Uh, he just like kind of goes and sits in his cubicle until it's ready to uh, be replaced again. Because yeah. we will see that there was once another three names up there that Jessica got removed very, very quickly before maybe 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It looked kind of ugly when they took Hardman off the wall. It seems like that they just like did it and then didn't want to paint over it or anything. They didn't like recenter that. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like, oh, we'll cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was for an effect. Okay. So we got our, our second flashback episode here in Suits. Last season, I really enjoyed Rewind. Here we go to back even further. I think we went back to 2008 last time. We went back five years. This time we went back about 10 years to the events of 2003 here in mm -hmm. the other time. Chappelle, how are you feeling about uh, this flashback? I'm not going to lie. I kind of love the the filter that they put on the like, oh, yeah, back in the olden days. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, this this feels so dated because y'all got this like random filter on top of it. I, I kind of love it. Um, And I love this flashback. Uh, there was definitely a jump scare. You know, wasn't expecting to see Trevor. No, nope. you know, <laughs> but uh, every time it happens, it's uh, it's like it take it makes my heart skip a little bit because I'm like, whoa, what didn't need that. 
But then we bounce back with a lot of good content that kind of sets the world um, in the places that we know it to be today, right? So we learn a little bit about Jessica and Harvey and what they got going on. We see the Mike Ross origin story from, you know, pretty much the beginning. Uh, And then we even learn a little bit about uh, Donna and Harvey. So I enjoyed this a lot. So I would say that I'm a little split on the flashback episode. I thought that the Harvey... Donna, Cameron Dennis, Jessica, like I, I feel like that that was good use of the flashback. I feel like that with the Mike and Trevor flashback, I just feel like it was more of the same. I mean, this is basically like going back 10 years. So basically, and again, maybe this is sounds stupid coming out of my mouth. Uh, so really from 2003 to like the events of the Suits premiere, like I feel like very little changes between the relationship between Mike and Trevor. They just spend like eight to 10 years just like hanging out, smoking pot, goofing off. That's really what goes on with those two guys. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, we could get through the Trevor part very quickly. It's really just Trevor started selling drugs around this time. Mike had gotten into Harvard. So we do learn that he actually applied and was going to go to school there. Um, and eventually he screws that up. We already knew that backstory was that they ended up selling a test to like the headmaster's daughter. And then she used the test, got in trouble. Well, what we kind of find out here is that Trevor was going to go down for selling this test. Um, he had been selling drugs. He needed the money. He needed Mike to do him a favor. And so he sells the test. He gets caught. And they're like going to expel Trevor. But Mike is sitting there guilt-ridden thinking, oh, man, this is my friend. Um, Trevor's getting expelled. His life is never going to bounce back from this. But I, Mike Ross, have already gotten into Harvard. So no one's going to care if I say it was me because, what, is Harvard going to just, like, not let me in all of a sudden? Yes, Mike Ross, that's exactly how colleges work. They will not let you in all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And so the headmaster um, has to resign because his daughter was the cheater and the scandal. Uh, It was obvious it was Mike in the first place because he got a perfect score, and they know Trevor's dumbass couldn't have done it. And so, yeah, on the way out, the the headmaster decides, I'm going to just burn it all down. Mike Ross, this is my last act as headmaster. I'm expelling you. And then when I get home, I'm calling Harvard and telling them not to let you in because you're a dirty cheater. Mm -hmm. And so that brings us up to present time, Mike and Trevor, pretty much. Yeah, but Mike, we established in this episode, is like a incredible poker player. You know, this is right. They even reference it, you know, the rounders and moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And this is like the the dawn of like the big like poker boom Mm-hmm. Mike Ross doesn't go, just go become a professional poker player at this point. The guy, he knows the game. He's mm-hmm. a, he knows all of the odds that I, I didn't understand why they're like, Oh no, we need a thousand dollars or I'm screwed. And then that, why, why didn't they just go to like Atlantic city and then like, all right, we got this. Well, you know, Mike did get banned from Atlantic city. So I don't think this I is not so. something he didn't try. But you don't get he- banned from the poker room. No, but I think uh, he got banned from Atlantic City. He probably could have gotten his knees broken or something like that. So he got lucky. But um, yeah, I, I think he tr- he counts cards, you know. And so that's, you know, not something really that, that he has to really worry about in poker. But I think, yeah, he um, maybe gambling is just not something he ever thought he could do long term after he got in trouble that one time at Atlantic City. We, we do hear about that in the past. Chabelle, he wanted Harvey to put him in the high stakes poker game. Yeah, but that's because he thought he can win and, and, and get away with it, like go back into being a lawyer. I think this is like, this would have been his only, uh, I guess his only outlet. I don't know. You probably have a good point here. Mike, I, we've talked about this before. Mike Ross has plenty of other careers that he could have done well with the Adult film memory. industry. 
Uh, uh, yeah, uh, allegedly, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are things that he could have done, but maybe this thing like spirals him into depression and all he does yeah. is sit at the house and smoke weed uh, with Trevor. I just don't understand how Mike Ross is such a loser between 2003 and until the day he ends up meeting Harvey. Like uh, the guy has like, uh, he is a superhero and mm-hmm. ultimately like is doing like literally nothing with his life for nine years. But I guess that's what happens when you take the pot. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. How did I forget? He does drugs, Rob. No, <laughs> like, the man smokes weed. It, it, he was asking to be it's a over. deadbeat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the moment that we saw it in this episode, he comes in the house, Trevor's smoking weed. He says, let me have some of that. And he grabs yeah. it. And the moment that, that, that jerk touched his lips. Oh my God. I could just see, all the promise and, you know, and the potential just like draining from his body. It really is the drugs all along, Rob. I, I, I have to agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. So then um, I don't think we're going to come back around to the the mic of it all. Uh, they have to go and uh, go on this drug deal. And then uh, apparently, uh, oh, actually, okay. Let me go even further back. Let me go to the frat party. Like, what the freaking hell? Like this frat party was all like an elaborate setup to like cheat at cards and get back at Mike Ross for what he did to this kid like earlier in the college career. This whole setup, the whole frat was in on this whole like cheat. Like we're going to get we're going to we're going to get Mike Ross. We're going to push him. Then we're going to get him to play cards. Then we're going to blatantly cheat in front of 100 people and take all of him and his friends money. Wait, okay. No, I think the party was going to happen regardless, right? Okay, But it's kind of like the, the party's happening and then they, they see Mike Ross come in and they're like, oh, there's our guy. Because we find out that this um, uh, frat jock guy, he uh, once was playing basketball with Mike Ross and he like, they had a, a kerfuffle, if you will. Uh, and Mike Ross never let it go. And so he kind of has an ax to grind with him anyway. Uh, the guy bumps him. So he is you know, basically antagonizing Mike Ross, like basically begging him to come play poker because once they get in there and play poker, Mike Ross wants to, you know, flex his skills. He's obviously very good. He knows that he has them beat. Uh, And he does, but they're cheating. And it's very obvious they're cheating. So when he tries to get upset about the, what, the uh, over $1,000 that they just lost on this game, uh, they're basically like, well, I mean, you could be mad. But what you going to do about it? You going to call the cops? We all sitting around here gambling and drinking and we're like 19 years old. What you going to do, Mike Ross? Mm-hmm. And and they're right. There was nothing he could do. I mean, Trevor is a goon, so he goes home and gets his bat as he should have. But um, yeah, all of this to shut down Mike Ross is very entertaining. And all because Mike Ross showed up in class and wanted to flex his muscles there, too. He had memorized the whole textbook, Rob. He was being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, who does that? Like, you know, everybody else is just actively yeah. trying to uh, to get off. their homework done. And he shows up like, I know chapters one through 25 by heart. Okay, Mike, thanks. Teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah. So, are there, wait, Rob, are there better jobs Mike Ross could be doing with his photographic memory? Like, that he could actually, aside from, you know, the adult entertainment part. But there has to be something else that if you just had a good active memory, like medical professional, 
Like if you could just I, I memorize a million like, things, like uh, yeah. he would be very capable to go work in any number of fields. I just don't understand, like, because in the first episode we see him and he's such a loser and he's like he's uh, taking messenger. like the else. Yeah, was, he's a bike messenger, which is not uses his unless like it's like but this is he like a pre GPS era. I can memorize yeah. the entire Manhattan the grid, <laughs> yeah, and get places very efficiently. I mean, so maybe before you could have like navigation on your smartphone and maybe that that was somewhat of a useful skill set but you know he's just like uh taking the lsats for people for like he's getting stiffed on like you know uh like you said a thousand like well here's 500 take it or leave it loser it's been happening like, for 10 damn years rob mm-hmm. this, is, this is the same plot as the first episode i i showed up and i did an illegal thing and i want fair payment for that illegal activity and they're like bruh have you are you dumb you got a photographic memory but are you actually smart we don't have to do anything mm-hmm. fair this is criminal activity, sir. Are you come wake up? What's not clicking? I, I don't yeah. know. I really just want to look at his resume. I need to see if what, like what he was applying for. Yeah. And then uh, they go to go see this guy, Omar, who is the drug dealer who gave the weed to Trevor. They owe him a thousand dollars. And so uh, we, we, we meet Omar and it uh, turns out that Omar, too, is a huge fan of of the wire which comes up again here in season three of suits only problem is okay well Mm -hmm. one of the problems i'll say (laughs) one of the problems here rob yeah one of the problems is it's 2003 the wire only started in 2002 this guy is just like crushing season one of the wire and just like completely building his identity around it well, I mean, he's half the wire, half Pulp Fiction. It's yes. this guy. Um, I, Rob, I don't know, man. I was watching this and I flinched like three times because if another one of these motherfleckers says Negro <laughs> again, I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Look, I'm not even someone who's offended by the word Negro. There's a very, there's a, a very specific word that could offend me. That's not the yes. one. But but here it get repeated like nine times by like uh, some allegedly 19 year old white boys. Mm-hmm. Was really like kind of like what is happening? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah. I also have some uh, some some axes to grind <laughs> with Quentin Tarantino in general for bringing mm-hmm. this stuff into the <laughs> into the uh, the pop culture realm anyway. But this Fair whole point. scene was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. The whole scene was ridiculous. Okay. You're like motherfucker, Trevor. <laughs> You're a good guy, because it's not Mike Ross. He knows Pulp Fiction. I'm going to let you have it. You go mm-hmm. on it and go. Drugs on me. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mike Ross. Omar you know, Mike coming. Ross? Yeah. Mike Ross, this is a low point for me for you this season. Just because <laughs> God, why? Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I think that the Harvey stuff was pretty interesting. Also, I thought that the aging on Mike Ross, like that Mike Ross, like they didn't, he, he's exactly the same in 2003 as he is in 2013. Yeah. But I hate, I hate his 2013 haircut. I'm, yeah. I, this, whatever this is, he has, he does, he does now in the present day. I, I hate it. I, I like better when he was trying to look like Harvey. I don't like this, uh, whatever they got going on. I just not, yeah. my, I'm not a fan. Mm-mm. Okay. And then we get the stuff with Harvey in the DA's office. I think this is interesting. Although I kind of feel like that Cameron Dennis, I feel like looks exactly the same in like, I don't know if they did anything to try to like DH Cameron Dennis. I mean, the, the stash is not stashing as it is later on, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't gone full, full Tom Selleck yet. Um, you know, but yeah, he's he's about the same. Harvey looks younger. I don't know what they change on Harvey to make, to DH him. Is it just like makeup? 
Yeah, maybe like they do his hair differently. I think, you know, I think a big part of it is they put him in like crappier suits. Yes, you can tell he's poor um, mm-hmm. or at least poorish compared yeah. to, you know, the millionaire that we meet later on. Um, and yeah, and, and he's giving a lot of Mike Ross energy. He's like, high five. Like mm-hmm. Harvey now would never high five anybody, but he's like grizzled vet now, 10 years in the game, yeah. uh, as opposed to this young up and comer at the DA's office. So we get to see a lot of Harvey and Donna and their early interactions. And I feel like that Donna has like a superpower too, that we really don't spend a lot of time in the present day suits. I don't know if she like lost it a little bit over the years, but I mean, Donna is like the mentalist that she's like this uh, amazing like profiler that can just like look at like, Oh, I see that you're, you know, holding the coffee cup in the left hand. That means that you must have blah, 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 blah. And uh, can like, uh, like, that's amazing. <laughs> Rob, this is the USA Network. You mean psych. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like psych. Yeah, yeah, not the mentalist. Yeah, this is wrong. You have the Sorry. wrong network. Yeah, Sorry. but we've seen this. This is a this is this is going to be a very popular uh, show trope moving forward. As you said, the mentalist psych on USA does this a lot. Um, from 2006 to 2014, that happens. Uh, but yeah, they have a character named Sean who can come in and read the room basically. And Donna is exhibiting that too. She tells uh, Harvey from jump when he for, when they first like pretty much lay eyes on each other. I notice things. I notice things and then I fix them based off of what I what I notice. I analyze, you know, that's what she does. And she does. She knows a lot about Harvey within seconds of looking at him. She's been I mean, she she's they've been working together, obviously, because she's been tracking his relationships that he doesn't even know that she knows about and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harvey, I think, fairly thinks, OK, Donna, you're paying that much attention to me. You you want the kid, right? You 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 into it. This, mm-hmm. You like this? You like what you see? And Donna's like. I mean, even if I did, I wouldn't do this because yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do that with people I work with. Sorry, Harvey. And so uh, they have a, a flirt man in the very early stages of their career together. Yeah, and so we get into like the origin story of Cameron Dennis and how like he is trying to bury evidence, and then Harvey is trying to be like a little bit slippery about like, okay, well, I'm gonna put the evidence in there, but I'm gonna put it where they're not really gonna look for it. And Donna like yeah, chews him out for doing that and says like that's not the type of lawyer that you know you're supposed to be that this was interesting to me that it really kind of established something that we really never got before of that Donna is like Harvey's conscience in terms of like I don't know what kind of lawyer I would be if you were not around now this is really a little bit at odds with what we saw when she destroyed the evidence going back to season two right yeah, it's uh, it seems like Donna has gotten too close to the person that she's supposed to be like uh, helping, right? So, because back then in the DA's office, it was you are about to go down a slippery slope. I can tell I'm Donna. I'm going to step up and say, listen, as your secretary, this is my job. It's not only to make copies, to to, to answer phone calls. If you want that, put out a want I want ad because that's I'm not the girl for you. But if you want somebody who's going to, you know, help you, it's me. I'm Donna. That's what I do. And so Donna says, well, uh, I saw that you did this. I'm going to speak on it and you need to fix it. Now, Harvey's whole thing is that, like, I'm bluffing. I'm bluffing. This is not like I'm not breaking the law. I'm towing the line. But when we see Donna at present day, Donna is like 10 years into the game fighting these fights with Harvey, you know, sticking by his side. And she can she can't bear to see him go down like this because she knows he couldn't have made this mistake. 
I we talked about this. We have a career built on this relationship where Harvey doesn't bury evidence. I was willing to quit. He knows I'm not down for that. So she actually thinks that she had lost that evidence. She was willing to fall on her sword so Harvey didn't have to. That's why she destroyed the evidence. Um, so it just goes to show you how much time has taken, you know, has affected their relationship. Uh, because back then, Donna was ready to walk on Harvey just for bluffing that he was going to do something like that. Later on, we see Cameron Dennis actually has been bearing evidence. But mm-hmm. even in the early stages, Donna wasn't down for it. Yeah. And ultimately, we're going to see where the fallout happens between Cameron Dennis and Harvey, which then opens the door potentially for us to get the one and only time that Harvey came to Donna's apartment. She talked about in the season two episode when Harvey went there, there's only two times that he had come to her apartment. There was that time. And then the other time, that's the name of this episode, which is uh, uh, a beautiful entendre, double entendre of, you know, referring to that time that he came to her house. And then also the idea of a flashback to that other time. And Oh, I thought you meant that other time Cameron Dennis was bearing evidence. No, every that time. Too. That's every time. That's every day. Every time. That's all he does. All, all he, he does. does is lie and bury evidence. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and grow a mustache. And oh, so yeah. we got to see where Harvey shows up at Donna's house and says, like, hey, we're not dating anymore. Or we're not working together anymore. So we yeah, could, you so, know. You know, and she's like, <laughs> glad you mentioned it because I got some whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and so we do see definitive evidence that they they did a thing. Even though Donna be lying about it, they did a thing, but they swore never to talk about it because after Harvey dodges this Cameron Dennis stuff, he he resigns. He tells Cameron Dennis, "What's up? Uh, I I'm not down with this." Cameron Dennis calls him the p word. Uh, he's like, "Help us you know. And so he's like, "I quit. <laughs> I'm going back to Jessica." And Jessica, um, and uh, Jessica offers Harvey, you know, the position as we know him today. You know that he became an associate, but Harvey d- makes sure that he puts in the good word for Donna. He says, "I will only come on if I am given a secretary, which associates don't get." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Jessica says that's fine. You know, it's not normal. She's like, well, she's not a normal secretary. So uh, Harvey even agrees to pay the difference in Donna's salary. And so, uh, which is wild because Donna's going to demand a signing bonus as well. And Harvey's Mm going to let her name her price. And so at this point, now that they are going to be working together again, per Donna's rules, they cannot have a sexual relationship and they cannot talk about it. Now, do you think that Donna at some point figures out that, wait, this is, wait, there's no other associates that have secretaries that seems to be against the company policy, yet I am here. Did Harvey, is Harvey paying my salary? Uh, we are led to believe that Donna knows everything. Okay. We are led to believe that, that Donna is aware of everything, you know, for the, for the most part, until she takes her, 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 you know, her eye off the ball later on, but I would be shocked if I didn't think that, you know, Donna had some inkling that Harvey had pulled some strings at the very Save it for another flashback. Okay. Yeah, save it for another flashback. Okay. So the interesting part of this ends up being then in the present day, we got to Mm -hmm. see where Jessica, you know, uh, we saw her in the flashback talking to Harvey, trying to recruit him. He ends up coming back and joining up with Jessica and they have... Uh, a couple of conversations that mirror each other, something that has come up a little bit through this season. 
I'm up here and you're here uh, is Mm -hmm. repeated multiple times. And we get back to another version of this with now Harvey and Jessica. And we see that, okay, remember when you said you have to take them in the night? That's when they're sleeping. She's like, what did you do, Harvey? He's like, well, if I got Ava Hessington acquitted, Darby was going to make me managing partner. He's like, why are you telling me this? Like, I don't want clean. it anymore. So I don't want it anymore. I don't want to be managing partner. I really just wanted my name on the door this whole time. But and now it's up there. So, you know, we're good. We can back out of that. But Jessica is pissed. She like, get out of my sight. You know, like I mm-hmm. never want to see you again type situation. Um, and so, you know, now she's kind of thinking, damn, why I was about to merge with Darby and he'd been going behind my back with Harvey. This is this is pretty messed up. Um, yeah, what a move from Harvey to go ahead and tell Jessica this thing because he could have took it to the grave. Yeah, I do think it was going to come out. I think that too many people knew about it. Stephen Huntley knew about it. Edward Darby knew about it. Like, I feel like that at some point they were going to hold it over Harvey's head as leverage. And so mm-hmm. even if he tried to back out of it, I think that it was going to come up in some other way. So mm-hmm. I, I always thought it was, you know, questionable that Harvey was going to make this move. And ultimately, we'll see where it goes with him and Jessica. In the meantime... Uh, we have the Ava Hessington case uh, still going on. And while Cameron Dennis said that he had Colonel Mariga on the hook, turned out c- classic Cameron Dennis, he was bluffing. That's where Harvey mm-hmm. got it from. And now Stephen Huntley actually did track down Colonel Mariga. Um, Stephen Huntley tracked him down. And- I told you I don't trust him. Well, I mean, tracking down Colonel Mariga didn't sound like a bad idea. You know, like you like basically um, you think Cameron Dennis has a uh, has a witness. You go find who you go find out who this person is. Right. But Harvey always knew Cameron Dennis was bluffing. He never he he always said like he doesn't have anything. This is typical of him. Stephen got a little big for his britches and then goes and finds out. Oh, damn. You know, um. You know, I, I tracked him. I got the guy, right? And they're like, oh, because you got him. It looks like they traced the call. They found out basically that you led them directly to him. And so mm-hmm. even though we didn't, they didn't have anybody, now they do. You shouldn't have gone and found Colonel Mariga. Yeah. Um, Mike and Rachel have some stuff going on in the present day also. Rachel Whoa. came back to Stanford and he's like, just showing her like, Hey, I have something to show you. And it's like, wait, you got into Harvard. Wait, what do you mean? He's like, I'll tell you later. He's like, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's it's not important right now. Then why the hell did you show it to her? Mike Ross? What, what was that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out if she gets it to Stanford. And then the other thing I thought that was very interesting with this episode was that we got to finally see Harvey's dad. Harvey goes to go show up and play uh we see somebody is like at a batting cage and then here is uh harvey's dad and we hear him talk about um the when people told uh harvey's dad about harvey's mom and they said like hey once a cheater always a cheater and somewhere frail mary was like yes Yes, Queen. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, well, Frail Mary is like throwing her like her um her remote at the TV. Like, see, see. Um, yeah. This is this is just a you know one of those uh, adages that have gone on for a long time. You know, if someone would cheat on their significant other with you, 
then they will probably cheat on you because they obviously think cheat. there are exceptions to the rule about cheating, right? And so that mirrors the Cameron Dennis thing because Cameron Dennis swears, no, Harvey, we're bearing evidence this one time to put away these people because they're murderers. And if they get out on the street and start murdering people like your dad or something like that, then you'd be upset. So we need to break the rule this one time. But it's never just going to be one time. We see Donna slamming multiple folders on the on the table saying like, look, He's, he does this. This is what he does. It, you know, this is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. And so, um, yeah, it was a cool flashback from Harvey and his dad. I wonder if we're going to get a lot more of that. Now, you know, have you have you ever seen the, the actor that plays Harvey's dad? Uh, no. What is he best known for? For being Harvey's dad. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, but I they believe- mentioned his brother again, Marcus. Yeah, but I'm saying I believe Gordon Gordon uh, Spector is Gabriel Mock's actual father. Oh, yes, that's what I believe. Uh, I believe. Let me just make sure I'm not making that up. Um, yeah, uh, no, maybe? James McCaffrey. No, that's not his dad. It's Christian um, McCaffrey's dad. <laughs> that's Max Payne. That's Christian yes. McCaffrey's dad. Yeah. Um, no, they like to bring in the the relatives of these people. You know, we remember uh, seeing his daughter in one of the episodes. I wondered if that was him, but I don't think that's him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's known for Max Payne. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, dad. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Max Payne. Yeah. No, I, I played the game. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Chappelle, who gets the Liddy for this uh, flashback episode of Suits? I don't know. Well, one thing we didn't really talk about is that Harvey does confront Donna in the present time about her relationship with Stephen Huntley. Yeah. Um, he goes to her and he says, uh, Donna. No, sir, I don't oh, like no, it. She yeah. actually, well, actually, she confronted him. So what happens is she gets off the elevator. She sees the Pearson Darby Spectre on the wall. She's like, Spectre? When did that happen? Harvey, what's up? You got your name on the wall. What happened? What gives? And he's like, you didn't know? He's like, no. How would I know? Because you're Donna. You're supposed to know everything. Damn. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, wow, you're right. I am supposed to know everything. He's like, where have you been? You haven't been at your desk eavesdropping on my conversations. You are taking your eye off the ball. Is it because of this Stephen Huntley guy? Have you been have you, have you been just paying too much attention to him and not enough attention to me? Mm-hmm. And for a second, I was thinking, Harvey, you're being a little bit of a brat. Like, it's not Donna's job to know everything. But Donna's already said, being Donna is not only her name, it's a title. It is a thing that she does. And so, yeah, Donna's not being the mentalist right now. She's not being psych. She's uh too busy taking too many trips to the dentist, uh, you know, in the middle of the day to, you know, to know exactly what's going on. And so even though I thought Donna, uh, you know, had a point here, I honestly think Harvey kind of shut her down. I don't think Donna can get the lady. I think she's out of the uh, out of contention. Okay, out um, of the running. Also, yeah, we got the origin story a little bit on the can opener, and so that there was a previous thing uh, that was a cause for celebration involving the whipped cream that got retired, mm-hmm. and then a new tradition needed to be built around this can opener. Do you feel like we're any closer to figuring out the can opener after this episode? I already had suspicions that it was kinky. I think this confirmed it. See, but I feel like it's not kinky. I I feel like that this confirmed for me that, okay, the whipped cream is something Mm -hmm. that was, you know, okay, well, that was a part of this other thing. Now we have to have a new thing that's not uh, like where we are, like we have these boundaries and these guidelines. And so we are this and we are not this. I can't imagine that the can opener is something that is sexual in nature 
once they have like have these guidelines of, you know, especially like before we go into trial, it can't be something that is going to be like a major distraction and something that would complicate the relationship. I have no evidence of this, but I disagree. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. I, I just I, in my, it, in my soul. We'll never get it. We're never we're never gonna get the can open and reveal. I'm holding out hope. You know, there there is a spinoff to this show. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't get it in the original canon, mm-hmm. but maybe if we go and cover Pearson, the 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 spinoff to suits. Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. we, maybe they talk about it. Maybe it's something that uh, you know, gets uh thrown around a little bit. I, I kinda need to know, Rob. I'm sorry. Cause I think it has to be comparable to the whipped cream. You can't go from whipped cream to something that with a can over there that's not pinky a little bit. Like I be it gotta be a little something. It gotta be suggestive at the very least. Hmm. I'm not saying it gotta penetrate, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's gotta be something. It got some uh, erogenous zones or something you gotta touch. <laughs> they gotta touch, Rob. You don't think so? It's very sharp, the can opener. I mean, but not all sides of it. There, mm-hmm. you know, you got it, uh, you, you ain't never had a knife play? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever turn? I'm gonna send you some articles. All right, I, I got a folder to slam on your desk right now. No, no, <laughs> no. It's fine. It's fine. No, you don't have to beg. I got it. No worries. Okay. All right. So the lady who does get the lady? Huh. I guess it's Harvey, right? For what though? Uh, he told Jessica the truth. He got his name on the wall. I did. Oh uh, yeah, he did get his name on the wall. All right. He got his name on the wall. Because I mean, we didn't give it to him the last episode. I don't believe he told um, Jessica. Although Jessica said, "Get out of my sight." It didn't go great. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like he's fired. Mm-hmm. His name's still on the wall, and yeah. he doesn't want to be managing partner. He's admitted, like, I, I, yeah, I don't want that anymore. I just, I, I my name's on the wall. That's good enough. I All think right. he's accomplished his goal. All right, high five for Harvey. He gets high the five for Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about if let's go to some. Uh, pop culture moments from this episode. Okay. Uh, we talked about uh, a lot of the, the movie quotes going on and we also got to see Harvey, even with Cameron Dennis was uh, talking about LA confidential and then uh, doing some Sean Connery impressions. Yes. Do you have a Sean Connery? Uh, Trebek, uh, it was your mother. (laughs) (laughs) I I think yours is better than Cameron Dennis's, but not as good as Harvey's. If like I was doing, if we were doing impressions like all day, like I could get into it, it. but yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like, when was the last time you heard Sean Connery's voice? Like you, I think the last time you probably heard his voice was these impressions that you're doing an impression Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. I did watch Indiana Jones and the last crusade uh, this summer, but it's been a a few months. It's been a few months. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, we get you, we get you next time I have to do you, I get you um, an impression. I have to like give you the, like the material first to kind of, you know, go through it. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard, I've heard you workshopping impressions before. You know, I've been a long time listener of you as a fan. It takes a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the evolution. I go, Go back and listen to the Kageyan days. Before you get Tony down, he's uh, Tony Danza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before he becomes... <laughs> it's a journey. It's very fun. Yeah. It is a journey, but I do love it. Yeah. Okay. Chappelle, then we got mm. some feedback. Suitspodcast.com slash feedback about this episode. Okay. So... Yeah. Uh, Anessa, the mother Flecker, uh, she said to us, if Cameron Dennis was hiding evidence 10 years ago, how was Harvey so surprised that the guy was still doing it last season when he got caught? Yeah, I mean, Harvey seemed incredulous, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, but I think it was more like 
Harvey knew that Cameron was doing this for his cases. This was Harvey's case that they were talking about, right? Because that was the thing. Harvey was like, no, you had no business hiding evidence in my case. Harvey was the one who put that guy in jail from basically juvenile, you know, from the time he was in like, uh, what, a freshman in college Mm -hmm. or like a senior in high school or something like that, all the way up until he was almost 30 years old. So I think it was like, Harvey, like, I knew you were doing things on your end and I had to get away from that. I signed the affidavit saying I had, you know, it was an accident that I even came across all that evidence. Um, But he didn't know he'd have to be defending himself, I think is what the real issue was. And knowing that Cameron Dennis is the one doing this also probably shocked Harvey because it's like, if you know you're the one doing this, why is my name being brought up? Why did you bring me into this? You could have just did this on your own stuff. You didn't even have to let me have the case. You could have did it on your own. Yeah. Uh, Nessa also said that if Cameron, uh, or sorry, if New York uh, attorney ethical rules require another lawyer uh, to the uh, report, another lawyer to the New York City bar, if they know that they are committing fraud or engaging in unethical practices of law, I guess the New York snitch rules don't apply to Harvey. Well, also like Harvey, Harvey, I think left in trying to be in good faith that Cameron was going to like fix the issue. Right. He says, I'm signing his affidavit saying that like, I, I, this is not something I did on purpose. I'm, I'm going on record. I, we came across this evidence. It was, it looks like it was buried. None of my, but it's none of my business. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to quit and I'm going to sign this thing. Now, whatever you do from here, I expect you to do the right thing. If you don't, that's on you, but I'm leaving. You know, mm-hmm. so I really think he tried to, he kind of tried to leave the ball in this court to do the right thing and to move on. Um, but I do, but I do think like Harvey's being obtuse. Like he had to know that Cameron Dennis was going to continue to bury evidence. He did, Cameron Dennis did not sound the least bit remorseful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then was there a link up to like this specific, did Don, did we see what Donna took from the DA's office, which was ultimately like the smoking gun that gets Cameron Dennis to quit in season two from resign from the DA's office? No, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if they really like uh, highlighted that. All right. Chappelle, so I would assume we're going to be back in the present day. We're going to see what's going to go on with Jessica and with Harvey uh, here as we come back. Ava Hessington still is uh, going to be a big part of the story. Still here. So we got all that going on. Uh, anything else from this episode? Um, No, I mean, one of the things that, you know, I, I think, honestly, it's just the, the idea that Harvey uh, finally has to uh, go to Donna about, you know, Huntley, right? Um, I think that this is where, like, it's starting to, the the line is starting to blur, right? Because we know that uh, Donna has always kind of been tapped in, always been his right-hand man type situation. Uh, And, you know, now her sexual relationship with this guy who you don't trust um, and Harvey doesn't trust, you know, is kind of starting to, make life hard for him. And so I think he really needs to get into the situation where he says, okay, Donna, this is a, this is a problem. Right? You're going to have to pick a side. You cannot be paying so much attention to him to where our thing doesn't work because Harvey said it himself. I am not the lawyer that I am without you. So I need you to like come back to me. And so I don't know what that means moving forward, but I do need, I do think he needs to go ahead and kind of put his foot down. You know, like uh, I am not functioning properly without you. So how do we get this? Like, how do we get this back to what it used to be? Chappelle, we didn't start doing this in the beginning. I'm wondering if we should, should we be giving like these episodes a rating? 
I thought about is it, it at too first. Late? Is it too late to do that? Uh, I thought about it at first. I really did. Um, be- because, okay, so in season one, when I thought about it, I was thinking, yeah, we could be rating them on like, uh, how many, you know, folder slams do we give this or whatever. But then I, th- I was like, but all the episodes were kind of like the same for me in season one, mm-hmm. right? I think like it was season one, it was like, okay, these are all solid episodes. I really wouldn't know how to rate them against each other. Now that we're three seasons in, there are some episodes that are just solidly better, just like standouts. So I don't know if um, we could do a like a scale rating, but I do think we can give like 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 uh, kind of like a earmark or something like you know the ones that are or bookmark the ones that are standouts now you know like if it's a normal mid you know mid-level suits episode i don't think we have to get into is it a two is it a three is it a four but i think if it's a five we need to say it like we need to be highlighting it right giving it a a can opener episode right a can opener right Mm -hmm. exactly like if you got to tell somebody here are the best episodes of suits Give it the can opener. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think that this was quite there, but you know, it was uh, one of the, maybe I think that the episode, uh, was it uh, the episode before or two episodes before was the one that I thought was really strong. I think it was the episode. I think it was episode four from season three. Yeah. Episode four. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. The problem is now uh, it's too late to go back and give can openers. We were three seasons in. We're, okay. we're knee deep. And so we we need to find a starting point for the can opener to exist. Do you want to start with season three? Yeah, start with season three. Okay. All right. Season three, I think we've given out two this, can openers. Oh, you want so to give far. it to this episode? Uh, no, I, no, I thought that's why you brought it up. I thought uh, no, you I, to I just to wanted episode. to. I feel I, I would say like uh, if it, if it was just like a scale of like one to five, I feel like that this was like a three a three point five. So I don't think it's right. quite there in terms of like the uh, an all timer. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of the suits episodes are the same. I think you if we if we're starting to give out three point fives or whatever on the scale of suits, I think okay. if you start in episode one, we're probably giving away like four of those in a row. And so I was like, eh, like maybe, maybe we just like, just really just highlight the standouts. Like okay. Yeah. All right. So I think yeah. the only one in contention for season three is uh season three, episode four, conflict of interest. Okay. Yeah. Me- yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Chappelle, uh, anything else that you want to highlight? Nope. Nope. Very excited about uh, what happens next. Now that uh, Harvey has admitted that he's, you know, sad. I'm sad about you being friends with Steven to Donna. Now that he's told Jessica everything. I think this is a good episode for Harvey. But now what? You know, we we, we still have to get rid of Ava, Ava Hesitant's whole thing. Uh, and so I want to know what happens. I'm, I'm kind of like ready for this art to go somewhere. I do not care about, uh, I will say Ross and Rachel. Mm-hmm. I'll still say that. that I don't I mean, care about Ross and Rachel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, but the the Harvey uh, Jessica drama, I think, has now reached a fever pitch because I'm wondering, does Jessica hit back? You know, she knows that there was a coup behind her back. How does she react with this? And I really want to know. OK. All right. So we're at the sixth episode of the third season. I feel like that we're going to be culminating to some kind of like mid season finale if it's like season two. So maybe we'll have a wrap up of the Ava Hessington storyline coming up there. Chappelle, um, we uh, had a, a recent tweet about uh, comparing my impressions of Daniel Hardman and Lil the other day from Theo. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. No. What did it say? Theo said, uh, waking up to Rob Sesternino performing a comparison of Hardman and Lil made my day. Thank you, Chappelle Show, for bringing it up on the show. Hey. Love Suits Pod. 
Yes, yes. Uh, the people who are not familiar with Rob, uh, he does a lot of impressions, and uh, a lot of his impressions come from the show Survivor. And so, if you're a Survivor fan or ever was, you should go check out the, Rob's other content on robhaswebsite.com. Go get into some of the Survivor stuff. Got a lot going uh, on, always. There's a new season coming up, so check it out. Jump in with us. If you want more Rob and Chappelle content, this is a good time to jump in on robhaswebsite.com and check out some of the Survivor and Big Brother coverage, because we're about to have a good time in the fall. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you? At Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter. Okay. And I'm at Rob Sistrinino. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.